Test. All right. All right, all right, all right. You got my mics now? Hello. Hello. Yes, all right. Let's rock and roll, baby. All right, all right. What's up? Welcome. Let's do it. everybody welcome to the show keep me in check if the audio goes sideways because you know how we do welcome everybody to friday april 14th 2023 this is episode number 345 coming to you live on location from the beach house hopefully that the music's low enough for you to hear me because it is blasting in my ears right now but i think i have to do it you can see we're slightly off a little bit uh but we're going to do the best we can. It might be a little choppy. There is a lot going on right now inside this laptop. Guys, I want to say uh, welcome. If you're new here, this is Simply Cyber's Daily Cyber Threat Brief, and I'm your host, Dr. Gerald Dozier. And over the next 45 minutes, me, you, Zombie Guy, Justin, Slade, Alex Goodwin, Andy Nakamura, Jeff Watala, and so many others are going to be rocking the mic 
doing the top cybersecurity news stories of the day, and I'll be bringing my opinion and analysis on each of those stories on what it means to you as a practitioner or if you're looking to break in the industry. We got you covered. What's up, Stacy Loki? Good to see you. Guys, before we get into it, though, I do want to say shout out and thanks to the stream sponsors. Even when on location, we are bringing you the heat. Want to say shout out and love to Panopsi. Panopsi Cybersecurity. Brandon Poole's company, they are doing quantified risk assessments in a level that is mm, chef's kiss. Now, what is a quantified risk assessment and why would you want to contact Brandon Poole about it? So quantified risk assessments essentially are high-end, evidence-based, statistically sound output risk assessments that basically look at your business and give you a quantified evaluation of what your actual risks are. So what, like statistically, what are your risks of a ransomware attack this year, of a business email compromise, of just a data breach? And then you can inform business leaders, hey, you know, like you spend X amount of money and got this level of risk, you can spend more money and reduce your risk, or you can change some of your processes, workflows for no money, but you know, you change the way you operate business. What do you want to do? It really is a powerful tool to inform your business leaders on where your cyber risk lays. If you're a CISO or an information security lead at your organization, it is dang worth it to invest in a quantified risk assessment. Go to panopsi.com, links in the description below. Thank you, Brandon, for the stream sponsorship. I also want to say much love to XM Cyber. Now, guys, you may have seen this. I talked about it yesterday. XM Cyber, I don't have my read for them right now, but just know this. The um, XM Cyber is a leader in the exposure management place. And why? what is that? It's basically like the evolution of what vulnerability management has become. And right now, in a link to the description below, they just dropped this report yesterday. I'm still in the me- middle of reading it. By the way, I got a couple messages about how I printed it out. I don't know if that's like a boomer thing or something, but like when I read reports, I need to print them out. Anyways, XM Cyber's released the State of Exposure Management in 2023. Uh, you can go and download it for free. Uh, it's got some great statistical evidence inside of it and it's all based on telemetry that they pulled for their environment uh very very cool um i won't tell you too much about exposure management uh, i'll wait until perhaps you have an opportunity to take a course in a topic like that you know it's 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 really a newer concept so i don't know if anyone's going to make a course on something like that huh Okay, so go to XM Cyber, guys. Thousands and thousands of vulnerabilities, weaknesses, misconfigurations, identity mismanagement in your environment. How do you take care of it? You have to have full visibility, and that's what exposure management is. If you want more information on that, go download the report and check it out. Holla, holla, holla. Also, I want to say love to Barricade Cyber, but more about them at the mid-roll. Guys, if you need CPEs, CEUs, just remember that each episode of the Daily Cyber Threat Briefing is worth half a CPE, so be sure to say what's up in chat. Hashtag Team Live if you're live in chat. How many people do we have right now? I got so many. Oh, so you see how the bottom there, the bottom number is not showing you how many people are here? Um, That's just a shortcoming of my setup right now. That's, That's okay. I'll tell you how many people we got. 131 of you on this fine Friday morning. So holla, holla, holla at all of you. Hashtag team live in chat. Thank you, Justin Gold. Uh, hold on one second. The music's about to... No. Oh, by the way, the cyber series is going to sound like a little robotic. I think I have two feeds coming in, but, you know, <laughs> it's classic Simply Cyber. Uh, so audio issues are expected. 
All right, guys, I just want to remind you, if you're live, team live, I see you all. Jimmy Dang, Ashley Sweeney, again, Stacy Loki, good to see you. Uh, Robert Moritz, UT. Guys, if you're, oh, Paula Terranova, good to see you. If, um, if you guys are watching on replay, drop a team replay in the comments uh, section. I do love engaging with all you in the comments. Uh, again, team hybrid. Uh, Internal Stranger always keeps me honest with the team hybrid. So if you are uh, getting here late and catching up to us, we'll see you in the present um, when you get here, team hybrid. And then obviously my absolute favorite, <laughs> team driving. D-sec in the car. I love it. Um, guys. Um, Timothy Hicks is also in North Carolina. I am on location in North Carolina. I'll share a picture with you guys a little later if you want. I watched the sunrise this morning. It was absolutely glorious. We'll do that for the jaw jack in time. Finally, if you're a, a lurker, imposter syndrome, shy, whatever it is, you're new here and you, you're seeing all this chat and you're like, what the heck? Put a hashtag passive observer in chat if you would. If you're new here and uh, shy, I want you to start your... Um, your networking journey today like it's like it's such a good way to network i'm telling you right now and the simply cyber community is absolutely wonderful um so yep do i does the light look is this light okay like am i too bright i look like i'm in a like a lineup at a police station (laughs) okay all right so can we have sponsors updated uh yeah thank you kimberly uh josh mason can help okay guys so what are we doing? We are going to get into the hot news. I'm in the Outer Banks, Sean Washington. That's very, very, very beautiful here. All right. Thanks, Justin Gold. Okay, guys, let's get to the news. I know all of you are here for the news. Let's let the um, top cyber news of the day wash over you in an awesome wave. Cybersecurity headlines. Just bear with me. I know it sounds robotic. It's because it's coming in on two feeds. It's Friday, April 14, Week password on Google Cloud. According to a report from Google Cloud, weak passwords represented the root cause of almost half the incidents impacting its clients. This appears to be a right with Google Cloud's Chris Porter. Issues oh. by software issues zero days continue to decrease as a percentage of issues. It's not all bad passwords, though. Compromised APIs accounted for almost 20% of incidents. Porter also noted that sophisticated nation-state actors appear to mimic cybercrime organizations in adopting these tactics. For Porter, increasingly, APTs emphasize the persistent part of the acronym using sustained, low-effort approaches like phishing to eventually gain a foothold in the network. All right, I'm getting a request to turn up the audio. Give me one second. All right, we'll see you on the next story. Okay, guys, so check it out. Um, nation state actors taking advantage of weak passwords after Google uh, Google Cloud customers. Okay, a couple things here. One, um, yes. It, it, actually, I'll tell you two things here, right? One, you've got to remember, you do not need elite zero-day hacksers uh, activity. Nation state threat actors um, aren't going to, just because they have zero days in their, you know, Vault 7 arsenal, they have the toolbox, they've got the best people hacking on all the things. Bro, if, if Carl's password is password123, if it's SolarWinds123, a, a nation-state threat actor is going to just use that. They don't give a crap about um, street cred or about, you know, like dropping a black hat uh, talk or something with some like zero-day disclosure. What they care about is actions on objective. They care about executing their mission, and their mission is to take over this, uh, you know, system or this or, or get – steal intellectual property or put a uh, persistence payload inside of, you know, whatever, you know, capital one, 
then that's what they're going to do. And they don't care about how. Okay. So when you have weak passwords, you're just, I mean, you're just inviting trouble. Okay. Now, the second thing I want to say, and I'm a little disappointed about this, like Google forced multi-factor authentication for all Google accounts. I'm, I'm pretty sure it was all Google accounts. It didn't really impact me, obviously, because I was already on MFA, but like, yeah, exactly. Uh, Eric Taylor in chat right now is saying newsflash, weak passwords are insecure. Like so obvious. But here's here's my thing. I'm a little uh, perturbed with Google right now because they made everybody put MFA on, which is fantastic. Microsoft has already demonstrated that they have a uh, the ability to have a like global banned password list. So if you don't know about this, Office 365 has a, a global banned password list that you can enable as an administrator of an Office 365 tenant. And it's fantastic. What and you might say, well, what's the global banned password list? Like the thing is, it's very dynamic. Google, I mean, uh, excuse me, Microsoft has made the 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 password list banned global password list dynamic. So they have all the obvious ones, password, password, one, two, three, ABCD, one, two, three, all that crap. Right. But then also if there's like massive amounts of people using weak of the same password, like winter 2023 exclamation point, for example. And if I just said your password, go change it, please. Uh, everybody knows, <laughs> everybody knows to try winter 2023 exclamation point. And, and spoiler alert, when you have to update it because we're getting close to the end of April and you make it summer 2023 exclamation point, bad guys are going to be on that one too. So don't, don't do that. Okay. But these type of passwords that are commonly used, Microsoft has all of the uh, logins from Office 365, or at least the hashes of them. So they know what they are and they make it so they're banned. So when you go to change your password and you put in winter 2023 exclamation point, it says, uh, uh, like, uh, do I have a sound effect for that? It won't let you do it. And Google is a massive player with millions of customers, millions of user accounts. So they easily could introduce this um, global band password list. Obviously, you have to um, educate your end users that you're going to add some friction to their life. Um, but anyways, I would love to see Google Cloud introduce the global band list. Call it something else. Call it the, the, the Google naughty 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 list or whatever so microsoft doesn't claim ownership or something like that but they have the capability they have the techniques the tools the people they certainly have the user accounts to do it uh so come on google like get in the game all right potential it snitches warned about employment stitches according to bitdefender's recent 2023 cybersecurity assessment report 42% of IT and security professionals surveyed said organizations instructed them to keep data breaches confidential despite knowing it should be reported. This issue seems more acute in the U.S. with 71% of U.S. respondents agreeing with that statement. About 30% overall said they complied and did not report a breach. This is especially concerning. Let me know if I need to turn the audio up. With 75% saying they experienced a data breach in the last 12 months. This comes in light of former Uber CISO Joe Sullivan convicted of obstruction last year for covering up a large data breach. Okay, so I'm going to turn the podcast up louder too. Again, I'm going to goose it. It's been goosed. Okay. All right, well, I just turned it up. So holla, holla, holla. Uh, a little bit more. Okay, so I just, I just turned it up. Here, let me, let me just back it up really quickly since we're all doing this like together. Not report a breach. 
This is especially concerning as oh. U.S. respondents lead the survey with 75 percent saying they experienced a data breach in the last 12 months. This comes in light of former Uber CISO Joe Sullivan convicted of obstruction last year for covering up a large data breach. Okay, when you like, let me know if you want it louder than that too. I can make, I can leave it right there. Um, yeah, this is what. <laughs> if you're new here, this is simply cyber. It's raw. Okay. <laughs> uh, I would not use Google Chrome password manager. I would never use any password manager in any browser ever, 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 ever. I'd rather I'd rather write it down in a notebook than put it in a in a browser password manager. Um, you can hear my headphones. Oh, oh, oh. All right. So when we're listening, I'll pull the mic away. Um, okay. Let me know. Okay. So guys, here's the deal. Um, this was actually kind of covered in yesterday's news story. Um, I'll just put the microphone away and the feedback will go away. Um, this was covered in yesterday's news story, um, of breaches. Now, fortunately, many of us uh, have never really experienced a full-on breach, like like a like a real full-on breach. But you know, for those of us who have, it's really a high-intensity moment. Uh, you're focused on you know the threat actor and uh, containing them, understanding what they've done, and eradicating them. Ultimately, um, no, no, no. Password managers are good. Browser-based password managers are not good. Like. Safari would like to save your credentials. No. Okay. So here's the deal. You have to make your own decisions, right? At the end of the day, um, especially if you're a CISO, because Joseph Sullivan precedent had been set and had Joseph Sullivan set precedents by basically going to jail um, for uh, covering up the Uber hack. Now, it was more complicated than that. Uber was a publicly traded company. Uh, they had a responsibility to disclose. They went further and tried to pay the hackers off to not disclose. So, like, it was much more complicated than, like, you went to work on Thursday, there was a data breach, and then you got arrested on Friday because you didn't tell anyone about it, okay? Um, I'm not surprised, though. Like, think about any time something... Um, bad happen. It's it's like it's like oh let's contain it like let's let's keep it let's keep it quiet. And when your boss, the person who uh, signs your paychecks, is telling you to do it, you're more inclined to listen, right? Because you don't want to get fired. You don't want to be um, held accountable for that. But but as I said yesterday, so I'm not going to belabor this point. As I said yesterday, if it is sensitive information, if it's healthcare information, if it's personal information, if other people are impacted, or it and or you have a legal obligation to report, like in the state of South Carolina, for example, when there is a data breach of personal information, you have 72 hours to disclose as a business. Now, if you don't disclose, like, here's the thing, like, say you're just an analyst one or something out of business, you may not, hold on one second, you may not, um, you may not, um, what, what are we doing here, buddy? Okay, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Hold on, we got four-legged friends. We got four-legged friends coming in here. You may not want um, to. Um, you may it may not be on your it may not be on your. Um, you may not be the one who's even required to do it, right? So so don't sweat that. Um, I guess it just puts you in a rock and a hard place. I would say you may want to. Um, <laughs> you may want to bring up like, hey, like in the meeting, like, hey, all right, nobody say anything. Maybe at that point you say, well, ma'am, uh, we do have a legal uh, requirement to report this. Right. So, you know, and if you if you need to, like, I could also see like escalating it internally, like, OK, don't don't say anything publicly. No problem. Then how about um, 
uh, you contact general counsel or legal in, w internal to the organization and say, hey, listen, um, this, this is a breach. I know we've got a requirement to, to uh, disclose. So, you know, do it. I mean, at the end of the day, you don't want to work at an organization that's breaking the law. I, I certainly don't. I mean, that's not a long-term strategy. You know what I mean? All right, let's go. I'm going to pull the mic away from my headphones, too. Discord cooperating with leaked document investigation. Earlier this week, we covered the path that leaked Pentagon documents dealing with the war in Ukraine took before being covered by large press outlets. The publication Bellingcat found they started out on a now-deleted Discord server before being republished on another server, then making their way to 4chan and Telegram groups. Discord confirmed it's cooperating with U.S. investigators to look into the leak, which is now under active investigation. Bellingcat's investigation found the documents could have been leaked as early as January, but Reuters and other outlets have not been able to corroborate this finding. Italy... <laughs> okay, there's a lot going on. Um, dude, this this stream is fun. This is such a fun stream because <laughs> of like the, <laughs> the the absurdity going on. Um, okay, guys, so um, I actually thought I saw, and let me know in chat, I actually thought I saw uh, a, a news report saying that they had actually the FBI had arrested the individual who did this. So first of all, let me let me share my thoughts on this story and then let's do a little OSINT on it really quickly. Um, so Discord is a company. They have audit logs and records, ideally. Someone initially leaked classified documents, high-level intelligence analyst reports. It had stuff to do with Ukraine and Russia. Uh, it had all sorts of stuff. So... Well, obviously, the federal government, I, I assume Discord's a U.S.-based company, so the federal government can come in and uh, essentially subpoena or warrant logs. Discord wants to help. Discord, I'm sure, doesn't want like classified information um, being disseminated through them. So that'll be that'll be good. But I think what's up, Hosen? I do. I really think the update here is uh, already out. Let me see really quickly. Yeah, exactly. 31 minutes ago, because I'm a lunatic and all I do is live, breathe and eat cybersecurity and cyber news and everything. Um, I, I know I saw this like late last night. OK, so check this out. Here's an here's a just in time, real, not just in gold, but just in time uh, update. FBI arrest 21 year old who allegedly shared the secret documents with his friends. Guys, here's the deal. If the FBI arrest you like. You know, it's it's gone from allegedly to. Uh, it's a matter of time until you're proven guilty. Um, they typically don't just like this isn't they don't typically just like run rickshaw, a uh, ramshack run that Rick roughshaw roughshaw. Is that the term? They don't typically just arrest you for the sake of tech, uh, arresting you. Uh, Jack Tixera was reported the leader of a discord group where his members exchange racist memes, watch movies together and learn about secret documents on Ukraine from to share. Very nice. So this guy is. Um, this guy's arrested and dude, exactly. Dude, like it's not, it's not, it's not going to take any amount of time. Like if you mess with the federal U S federal government in a way that is not conducive to like how they want to run stuff. Right. I'm not saying you can't have an opinion and, and, and voice your opinion and everything, but like when colonial pipeline got hit within like 
48 hours, they got a large portion of the ransomware, uh, the ransom money back, which is never happens. And the freaking uh, threat actor group disbanded like immediately. Like it was so hot. The heat was on. So when this nitwit discloses classified information like a donkey on Discord, you don't think the FBI is going to come or the federal U.S. federal government is going to come with the full force of what they have? They have thousands of resources, lots of money. They're hooked into everything. You nutcase. Like, of course, they're going to get you. Well, the only question I have with um, for chat is this considered treason. Right. I mean, what's his face? Um, Snowden did something similar. I mean, obviously, Snowden leaked way more information uh, and, and, and blew up lots of programs and stuff like that. But like, to me, um, I'm pretty sure this is treason, right? It's a national security. It's a national security issue. This was top secret information. This wasn't like, you know, um, like, uh, what's it called? Like sensitive information, um, not for public consumption or whatever. Like this, this, this was like top secret information. So I think it's treason, man. Oh, he's definitely going to prison. He's definitely, Okay, it's under the espionage. Thank you. Thank you very much. Good. Hold on. My my mini uh, uh, sound. Um, what do they call these things? So the the mini got uh, ported over to the uh, to the the mobile studio. Outlines the rules for OpenAI. Last month, Italy's data regulator ordered OpenAI to stop processing local data, suspecting it of breaching GDPR. The regulator now says in order to come into compliance, OpenAI must publish full details of its data processing, adopt strong age-gating and verification tech to prevent miners from accessing services, clarify the legal basis it uses for processing local data to train AI, and provide a way for people to exercise rights over personal data potentially generated by tools like ChatGPT. This includes provisions like the EU's right to be forgotten from OpenAI's datasets. It set a compliance deadline of April 30th for most of these issues, with a plan for age verification needed by May 31st. OpenAI did not respond when asked for comment on this latest ruling from the regulator, but previously said it thinks we are following all privacy laws. <laughs> I think we're following all privacy laws. That's that's what you want to hear from a hundred billion dollar company. Like like it's a it's the equivalent of like an emote shrug. Like you know that um you know that ASCII art emote shrug thing. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think we're doing all right. Like chief legal counsel Carl over there at OpenAI, dude. I mean, here's the thing. Way to go, Italy. Uh, Tom, Tom Bishop, um, hopefully he arrives safe. Um, like Italy put a, put a foot on the, you know, uh, or towing, uh, drawing a line in the sand saying you've got to protect our, uh, citizens and our, our stuff like that. But here's my thing, guys, like open AI is, I've already said this. Okay. So I've already said this before, but I'll say it again. We were in like, you know, the bronze age, then the industrial age, then the information age. And I swear to you. I know it sounds absurd, but like we are closing the door on the information age and opening the door on the AI age and the genie's out of the bottle. The toothpaste is out of the tube. Like I, I get it if Italy's trying to protect its citizens, but like it, I, I almost feel like it's like Italy saying like, 
and and I get it, but like it's like Italy saying like, hey, um, like auto. It's like nineteen oh five, okay. And Italy is like, hey, Henry Ford, like um, these cars aren't safe. Like nobody gets a car in Italy until the cars are safe. And like meanwhile, the rest of the world's whipping around in Benzos and Lambos and and just like doing donuts around the buggy horse and buggy that the Italians are driving. Like you, like I get it. We should put. Uh, we should put controls in place. I, I like the idea of the pausing so we can like evaluate and talk about the strategic approach of using AI, but just being like, nah, nah, bro, you're not getting it until you, you do these things. It's like, you're really nerfing the Italian people. Chat GPT is so freaking powerful. Um, oh my God. And, and you know what? OpenAI, like with all due respect, OpenAI is so massive and so powerful and so you know valuable that they could just like like black out Italy and it probably wouldn't even slow them down like it it it, it just now if, if like globally if the world was like hey or the united states or you know large large populations were like no nah, we're we're not going to do it until you do something that could force their hand but i mean not not really plus plus the, guys if you look at the way meta operates in europe they just pay fines just pay fines open a here's what here's my tinfoil hat and thank you anthony richardson for the, the ascii art shrug um here's the deal where's my tinfoil hat oh my god it's like so tight oh, it's so tight in here hold on one second i, I gotta get my tinfoil hat emote there it is okay here's the deal Thanks, Jeff Fatala. Here's the deal. Mark Tape. OpenAI is going to say whatever it needs to say for Italy to um, uh, approve it and allow it. Then there's going to be some type of like data breach or some type of issue. And it's going to come out that like some Italians information wasn't removed. OpenAI is going to pay a fine and then go back to business as usual. I know, hot take, right? Like, dude, wicked powerful tech companies just pay the fine and move on. It's not it's like it's not even worth their time and <laughs> time and money to implement it correctly because it's just easier, cheaper and faster to pay the fine. Hot take, right? And now a word from our sponsor, App Omni. Can you name all the third-party apps connected to your major SaaS platforms like Salesforce, Microsoft 365 and Google Workspace? What about the data these apps can access? After all, one Have a good one, third party app could put your entire SaaS ecosystem at risk. With App Omni, you get visibility to all third party apps and SaaS to SaaS connections, including which end users have enabled them and the level of data access they've been granted. Visit appomni.com today to request a free risk assessment. E all right, guys, it is the mid-roll. I might be in the Outer Banks reporting on location, but that doesn't mean we don't have good times. All right, guys, it's the mid-roll. I want to thank all of you for being here. Holla, holla, holla. If you're getting value from the stream, even though it is at an 80% quality, please take a second and hit 80% of the like button. It does help other people find the show, and it, it, it goes a long way at supporting the channel, so it only takes a second. If you get an education value, entertainment value, knock it out, networking value, of course. Again, thanks to the stream sponsors. I know you can't really see them on the stream here because my um, 
because you can't. But uh, I want to thank Panopsi and XM Cyber for their continued support. And I want to thank Barricade Cyber Solutions. Eric Taylor's in chat right now. Uh, he's the leader, president over at Barricade Cyber. He's also the chief incident responder. Barricade Cyber, um, and I, hold on, I don't even know if I have the read, Eric. Okay, yeah, Barricade Cyber Solutions is dedicated to helping businesses from cyber attacks and recover from the damage done. Cyber attacks can cause massive issues for businesses and send dedicated, hardworking business owners into turmoil. But Barricade Cyber Solutions knows how to mitigate the damage done by incidents. Check them out at barricadecyber.com. Links in the description below. Thank you, uh, Eric Taylor. Here's their website. I, I tell you this all the time. Go look at the um, his calendar down the bottom. I'm really zoomed in, so it's going to take a while to get there. Pack a lunch. Here's his calendar. You pop right on it. You could talk to Eric. Believe me, guys. Talking to Eric before bad happens at your business is, the, is, is I can't tell you enough how, how valuable it will be. I want to say really quickly thanks to Jojo for the super chat. Jojo, um, I, I do not have the sound effect on my small uh, stream deck here, uh, so it will be a manual sound effect. Boom. What? Did we just become best friends? Yep. Thanks, Jojo, for the super chat. Guys, want to remind you, um, oh, it's Grayson's joke of the day. Okay, um, thank you, Grayson. Okay, so we are at the beach. So Grayson is dropping uh, beach jokes. So a uh, fun ocean joke for you guys. How do you, make, how do you make an octopus laugh? Grayson wants to know, how do you make an octopus laugh? You tickle it with, you, uh, excuse me, you tickle its ten tickles. You tickle its ten tickles. Thank you. Oh, no, no. Uh, you tickle with ten tickles. That's it. How do you make an octopus laugh? You, with ten tickles. Ten tickles. <laughs> Thank you so much, Grayson, for the joke of the week, as always. Um, love it, love it, love it. All right, what are we doing here? Holy crap. Paula Terranova with the squad memberships. Thanks so much, Paula. Um, Paula dropping squad memberships. So if you uh, pick up one of those squad memberships, please uh, thank Paula. And on behalf of myself and the 20 newest members of the squad, thank you, Paula, for it. Very nice. Oh, and oh, geez. Thanks for streaming while on vacate. My pleasure, Kimberly. Okay, so uh, another sound effect since I don't have it. Um, Boom. What? Do we just become best friends? Yep. Thank you, Paula Terranova. Thank you, Kimberly can fix it. You guys have been, you guys are wonderful. I genuinely appreciate the support. Oh yeah, rock the house. That's right, no more passive observer. My pleasure, Carrie. All right, guys, it's, it's really good. Um, let me see if I can, I'll, I'll show you uh, during the jaw jacking period, uh, all that. All right, so let's keep on moving really quickly. So good, so good. Who sets up ChatGPT task force? When Italy dropped the hammer on OpenAI, it remained an open question how other data regulators in the EU would react. Now we have some indication. The European Data Protection Board announced it set up a ChatGPT task force. This body will foster cooperation and exchange information on possible enforcement actions conducted by data protection authorities. Reuters sources say the body will try to align regulators across the block on policy positions with generative AI in general and will not seek to make rules specifically to target open AI. Outside of Italy, regulators in Spain and Germany also announced investigations into open AI. 
Okay, so here's the deal. I like I literally you like if you're new here, I don't look at the stories in advance, so I don't know what's going to be coming. This is all like live an, <laughs> reaction. Um, if I just like mocked Italy for being like you know horse and buggy because they don't they don't like they demand that Ford put seatbelts in the cars. Now there's power in numbers, which why is why the European Union did what they did. Um, if the entire European Union is like, nah, brah, like you're going to do these things, open AI. Now we're talking. There's strength in numbers. Um, open AI will be more likely to listen to um, a European Union kind of initiative. It sounds like the task force is going to be going uh, to investigate. Um it looks like the task force is going to be investigating um, chat GPT and specifically around privacy. So it sounds like the same thing that Italy is talking about. Maybe Italy was just kind of like taking the lead with like being the, the loudest voice in the room. Um, privacy is a real deal, guys. We have no context right now of what is happening to the data that is being captured by chat GPT. Like everybody is just throwing all the data in chat GPT right now. Um, I actually read an article yesterday about people who have like four or five jobs, full-time jobs, uh, and they've outsourced like 80% of their job to chat GPT, all, all four or five jobs, um, which is unbelievable. Um, like I'm totally cool with leveraging chat GPT, but I don't know. It seems abusive. So um, as far as, you know, the privacy goes, you know, I, I totally I totally get it. And and by the way, guys, when you we talk about privacy, the final thing I'll say on this is like when we talk about privacy, it's not like you put in like, oh, my favorite condiment is barbecue sauce with sriracha. Hashtag tidbits Tuesday. Right. Like it's not it's not that it's more like, oh, you're constantly talking about like right, you know, right leaning uh, political views or you are, you know, um, you know, passionate about this thing. Right. And whatever that is, that information can be weaponized. Okay. Like if you're a hard left person or a hard right person, just to pick like an example in the United States, right. It's very, it's very unlikely that you're going to be like turned like one way or the other. But if you're in the middle, if you are, you know, kind of like even keeled or whatever, knowing like what your triggers are can be weaponized to kind of lean you in one direction or the other. Cody Kinsey just wrote a bot um, just recently that you can give it an objective statement like, you know, my dog came in here and bit me and it, it can rewrite that statement in a negative light, negative framing, a persuasive framing, a positive framing, right? Like, oh, the dog was really scared and accidentally nipped at Jerry or, oh, the dog came in ferociously, almost tore my leg off, right? Like, like obviously, I'm, I'm being hyperbolic here, but my point is um, these things can be weaponized. And I, I say it probably once a quarter on this show, but if you want to see how it can be really weaponized and why privacy really should be something you should be concerned about, I'll give you two things to look at. One is The Great Hack. It's a Netflix documentary about the 2016 election and the part that Cambridge Analytica, a company that never wanted anyone to hear their name, how Cambridge Analytica weaponized data. And two, there's a John Oliver last week tonight special on data brokers. If, if someone in chat could drop links to either of those things, they're both. Uh, the data brokers one is free on YouTube. The uh, great hack is on Netflix. So you would need access to Netflix. Both of those will 
absolutely enlighten you as to why privacy is a big deal and why you should be concerned about privacy. And if you are currently listening to me right now and you're like, I've got nothing to hide. So like, I don't need to, I don't need privacy. Like Jerry, you you want privacy. What do you have to hide? It's not that I have something to hide. It's that I'm choosing who knows what my information is just because I don't want my information all out there. Although I do, run, <laughs> I do run a live stream every single day and on Tuesdays tell you a personal fact. So maybe I'm not the best example, but my point is uh, be mindful of What are we doing, bro? Vision flaw. Surveillance access issue on its hybrid cluster storage network access to obtain admin access to those devices and then gain access to stored video security data. These devices are often exposed to the internet, opening the door to a large attack surface. In its advisory, the company stated it did not find evidence of active exploitation. Security researchers at Redinent reported the flaw in December, with Hikevision issuing a patch on April 10th. Cisco. Okay. Um, like, is this uh, here? Okay, so this is a um, obviously a vulnerability in a product. Let me look at the actual write up here really quickly. It's got a base score of 9.1. <laughs> That's pretty high. That's not good. Um, can be used to obtain admin permissions. Not good. Okay. Here's the deal with this one. If you're running hike vision in your environment, you should know it. it it's basically uh, a SANS solution that typically will save and store um, closed circuit TV. So like physical security camera footage, maybe you work at a, uh, or you're responsible for, um, you know, retail, like part, like a, like Disney park. And you, you see people come in, maybe a nightclub, um, maybe, um, security at a secure location, right? Like, uh, you know, like, a um, my God, a, like, a like a bank or, a military installation, right? These type of places. Well, all of that uh, feed needs to be saved off somewhere. And a lot of times they save it off to some type of like massive DVR. Now, back in the day, it used to be by Paula Terranova. Thank you so much for the gifted subs. Um, genuinely appreciate it. Um, you, you, you would save it locally, but now with, you know, the internet and all these other things, you can save it to a cloud storage solution or a remotely accessible cloud storage solution. So this makes total sense. Well, the problem is there is a technical vulnerability that can be exploited essentially by anyone with a score of 9.1. Uh, my, my belief is that it's easier to uh, exploit than, you know, like the, like a low level of sophistication to exploit and it can be remotely accessed from anywhere on the internet, which increases the, the riskiness of it. Now, you got to think of what's the impact here. So the impact is someone could delete your uh, CCTV footage. Um, I almost feel like this would have to be like combined with an attack. Like you're going to go rob a bank and like, this is like such a Hollywood movie thing. You're going to go rob a bank. And then like the tech guy, the, uh, the Emilio Estevez of mission impossible. One movie with Tom Cruise um, is going to like hack into the Gibson and delete the hike vision storage uh, CCTV footage. Right. So um, you could be a jerk and you just delete it to be a, you know, a jerk. Um, I don't, 
it's possible that you exploit it, get on it, and then use it for uh, an initial foothold and move laterally through the environment. But I would suspect that, you know, in a lot of instances, this is going to be like in a DMZ or not even really connected to the main you know, network of a company uh, just because of its flexibility to be a cloud storage solution. So, yeah, loop the feeds. Exactly. Taylor McDonald, like put the Polaroid in front of the, the camera footage. So anyways, long story short, if you're running Hike Vision, you probably know it. Uh, you should be mindful of this. It is um, a 9.1. So but I, I guess it really comes down to a risk assessment of how critical that data is in your environment. Um, and if it's sensitive or not, right? Like maybe I'm not saying that this is the case, but there is a scenario where mental health patients are under surveillance in order to protect staff um, or like at a prison. And that footage gets leaked in a data breach that could result in a massive uh, costly data breach too. So, th so there are some instances to give consideration for, but um you're you're not gonna you're not gonna like not know about these things. Oh, I forgot the Simply Cyber Community Challenge as well. We'll we'll do that at the end. I'm sorry, everybody. If Jenny Housley's here, uh, I I believe Emilio. I want to say Emilio Garcia has it. Or uh, no no no, Shakira Williams. Shakira Williams is she here? I think she has the the Simply Cyber um, baton too. Okay, well, well, we'll tag someone else, Jenny, if um, if she doesn't show up by the end. To AirGap WebEx, the networking giant announced plans to offer an AirGap version of its WebEx cloud collaboration system designed to cater to companies in highly controlled industries. Think national security and defense. Cisco will introduce AirGap Trust Cloud next year. Like other similar services, servers on the service will be AirGap from public networks operated in the U.S. and managed with properly cleared local staff. The company claims this will meet U.S. security standards across industries without sacrificing user experience. What? Hold on. I, I, okay, so so. Okay, hold on one second. Cisco, like, let's just talk about this on the surface. Cisco to offer air-gapped cloud system. So Cisco WebEx is a, in my opinion. <laughs> crappy um like zoom option okay that that's basically what it is if you've used zoom if you use microsoft teams that's what webex is okay it used to be like it used to be the only option in the crown jewel that's why cisco bought webex like years ago for like big money um but webex is just slow and gross but they're offering a air-gapped cloud solution really quick for people who are new to the industry air-gapped basically means that there's no network connection it's a closed network okay so a good example of an air-gap system taking from the last story if you have a closed circuit tv system like a home surveillance system and all the feeds go to a dvr in your linen closet and that's it that's a closed network that that's why that's that's actually what the cc stands for right closed um I think the C stands for closed. Anyways, my point is you can't access it from the internet. It's just a closed air-gapped system. Air-gapped introduces a level of defense because you can't remote into it from anywhere on the planet. Famously, the uh, nuclear enrichment facility in Natanz, or the Natanz enrichment facility um, was air-gapped, the one that Stuxnet destroyed. That was an air-gapped network, and the way that they penetrated it was by using a malicious USB drop and having some um, Carl... <laughs> 
having some Iranian Carl plug in the USB once they got into the, the facility. OK, OK, so now we understand what AirGapped is and we know what WebEx is. Here's the deal. WebEx is a cloud based, cloud based, cloud based solution it's accessible from anywhere that's what makes it cool or that's what makes it useful is that i can send subro and marcus and chinadu a webex link and we can all get on a call right now because it doesn't matter where you are it's cloud-based if webex is going to offer an air-gapped solution the only way that that can be truly air-gapped is if everybody is on the same private network including the webex solution so it seems like nerfed. Like you're. So what are you going to have? You're going to have an air-gapped um, private network. Like here, here's my thing, guys. Like if it's an air-gapped network, why don't you just physically meet in person? Chances are you're physically there, right? Like you you wouldn't have. I mean, like a Sipper, the Sipper Net, which is like the classified um secure network that the federal government has is supposed to be you know its own separate internet but there's been leaks from time to time over the years of where there's been some entanglements and some crossover between sippernet and nippernet which is the unclass network so it's that's not truly air gapped and i'm going to go back and look at at chad here but like the this is this is just weird it's like if it's if it's an on-prem air gap solution, just physically meet in person. What do you like? And I'm sure somebody's going to comment on this, or I'll get blasted on LinkedIn about how I missed some obvious idiotic thing and that I'm a hack up here. But like, either that or or they're using the air gap the word the term air gapped quite liberally. Okay. All right. So whatever, I don't know what Cisco's doing. To me, this feels like a last ditch effort to save WebEx as a product. WebEx is terrible. <laughs> um, all thoughts and opinions are that of my own and do not reflect the, um, the, the group or the chat or whatever. I don't need Cisco lawyers coming after me. They, those guys have deep pockets. Western digital attackers say they have customer data. Earlier this month, the storage giant Western Digital confirmed it experienced a network security incident that saw data exfiltration across its systems. It remained cagey on specifics of what the attackers actually obtained. Well, the attackers aren't being mum about it. Speaking to TechCrunch, one of their representatives said it obtained roughly 10 terabytes of data in the attack, including customer information. It shared a file it created signed by WD's certificate and shared executives' phone numbers. The attackers say they performed the attack for financial gain. Remember to... I do appreciate their honesty. <laughs> no, we stole your data and we want to get paid. It's my, oh, if I, if, this is a perfect opportunity for the JG Wentworth sound effect. Like we stole your data and we want our money now. Like, okay. And uh, it looks like they actually uh, proved it too, by uh, disclosing, you know, enough sensitive information to uh, let people know. Yeah. The dogs are barking. They are, they are chatty Cathy's. Um, Looks like the hackers were actually in contact with TechCrunch, who's the news report outlet that's um, reporting on this story. They got into a box account. So this is interesting. They stole companies from the SAP back office. Um, so they hacked. Here's the thing. It's Western Digital, but they had a box account. OK, box is like OneDrive or Dropbox or something like that. Um, 
apparently Western Digital is using it. It doesn't matter that Western Digital also has storage solutions as their product. Like obviously they're just a business that was using box.com as a resource to dump stuff. Hackers got in there. I'll give you one guess how. Stole creds, logged in, probably an MFA social engineer attack, logged in, downloaded all the things, and, and then sent an email to Western Digital. We got your stuff. Pay up or we release it. End of story. This isn't even ransomware, guys. This is like this is like more direct than ransomware. This is just like <laughs> I mean, this is just like, hey Alana, Alana Boyajin, uh, give me your creds. Now give me your money. Like that that's all this is. This is like straight up. This is this is you know what this is? This is the equivalent of me um stealing your purse and then um like offering to give you your purse back, but I'm going to take the, the cash out of the wallet, right? Or, or you lose your wallet in a city and someone mails you back the wallet because your address is in your ID, but all the cash is missing and it's a service fee for uh, finding your wallet. That's, that's what, I mean, this is just basic. Yeah, it's a stick up. I wish I had a stick up kid. Oh my God. I, 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 like, I wish I had, um, oh my gosh, Eric B. Rakim at the ready right now. But anyways, this is the deal. All right, guys, we have reached the end of the stream. Let me do this. And then we're going to do Simply Cyber Community Challenge really quickly. Let me get some more music. Um, uh, let me do, I got to do uh, ad-free music since we're going to uh, turn on ads right after this. Here, let's, let's do this one. Do, do, do. All right, guys, I want to thank all of you for being here, joining me on the remote location um, for the for Harish and Lane. I don't know if you guys can see, but this is the midnight hat. Uh, got this for a gift for my beautiful bride for Christmas. Definitely love it. Guys, let's check it up. Did we get did Shakira join? Because I'm ready to tag someone with the Simply Cyber Community Challenge. Let's see. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Don't forget the sunscreen. I am. All right. Cool, guys. Hey. All right. So I'm going to I'm going to tag someone if we can do it. All right. So here we go. I'm tagging. Medine Eshet. Medine Eshet. Hashtag active passive observer. Let's help Medine lean into networking. Medine Eshet, if you're in chat right now, let me see where you are, buddy. Medine. Yes, let's see. Let's see if Medine picks it up. Yeah, it's going to be kind of janky today. Oh, there's Medine. Hopefully you can do it. Medine, please go on to LinkedIn. Drop your why, your cyber um, story and tag me and put hashtag simply cyber community challenge in the post everybody join hey lewis diamond everybody join um connect with medine and connect with each other in the posts all right guys i'm gonna boogie out of here normally there's some jaw jacking but i've got family and vacay and um genuinely appreciate it Jojo with the super chat looking for remote or hybrid in Florida and Washington, I think compliance or IT auditor position updating LinkedIn today. Everybody. Yeah. Jojo was the. Um, yeah. Jojo's had the. Uh, 
Have a good